0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and this is part 4 of CT of the Adrenal Glandin. Uh, we went through some of the malignancies, we spoke about primary adrenal carcinoma, we spoke about metastasis, let's speak about some more uncommon tumors. So lymphoma is something that can occur in the adrenal gland, either primarily or secondarily. One thing about primary adrenal carcinoma, we speak about large bilateral masses that tend to maintain the adrenal form. That would be a very good description. Here's one example. Now, most of the time when we see adrenal tumor Uh, and infiltration by lymphoma, the patient also has other areas of disease. So here is Case, very bulky infiltration of the adrenal glands, but there's also extensive periodic adenopathy, peripancreatic nodes, and infiltration of the perirenal space. So that's the more common appearance. But look at this case, bilateral masses. They almost look like they're invading the kidneys or pushing on the kidneys. And I guess pushing is probably a better description. This was primary adrenal lymphoma. Now, most of the time, it's bilateral, though in this case, we saw it unilateral. Again, bulky mass, you think lymphoma. Uh, this patient went to surgery. This was a primary adrenal lymphoma, and in cases, the left renal artery, but just a wonderful example. What else? Well, pheochromocytomas. Well, let's speak about pheos in general. Pheos go by the role of 10. 10% are multicentric, 10% extra adrenal, 90% are near the organ of condyle, 10% are malignant, 10% are bilateral. These tumors secrete catecholamines which result in hypertension. From a lab value perspective, plasma catecholamine levels and 24-hour VMA and metanephrine levels are elevated in almost all cases. Now, with pheochromocytoma, in the past we would speak about not using IV contrast, well it really isn't a problem now with the non-ionic contrast it's not really going to be an issue and there was a good article about that about a year ago and in this article the conclusion was that uh, our results in the clinical practice described in the recent literature suggest that alpha blockade is not specifically required before IV administration of non-ionic contrast to patient with suspected or known pheochromocytomas or related tumors. So again the old days I on a contrast you would be worried about having a hypertensive crisis not an issue anymore. Now pheochromocytomas can occur spontaneously or part of syndromes tuber sclerosis, venipolindo, neurofibromatosis or familiar pheos. In the familiar syndromes like this case of uh, tuber sclerosis um, they can be small Remember, most functioning pheos, like this one, are at least three centimeters in size. The classic CT appearance of pheos is a hypervascular lesion. Um, Pheos can be cystic, and they may not be that vascular as in this example. Look at the mass coming off the limb of the left adrenal. It enhances somewhat but most of the time when we talk about pheochromocytomas, we talk about lesions like this, hypervascular lesions. Remember back a couple of lectures ago, I told you that one concern I had about a quote unquote incidental adrenal lesion, if it enhanced more than 110 or 120, I was a little concerned that it could be a pheo. Pheos may not be totally homogeneous in enhancement, as this case shows, but when I see lots of enhancement, I worry about a pheochromocytoma. It's the only potential error you can have. Pheos can be large. As I noted, the pheos, when they occur outside the adrenal gland, we typically talk about paragangliomas. We've seen a number of paragangliomas that are in the peripancreatic region. Sometimes they're referred to Hopkins for islet cell tumors. So, um... Again, something that's worthwhile thinking about. And here's just a great example of a a, a pheo, and you can see very nicely the hypervascularity. You can see some splaying of vessels. Uh, Not a real big problem. Now, this case, the pheo is in the 8 centimeter range. Pheos can be smaller. As I mentioned, two or 3 centimeters are better. You can see functioning pheos. So here's a nice example of a patient with a left adrenal gland with a pheochromocytoma. Here's another patient with a lesion in the right adrenal gland. Uh, You can see the enhancement can be homogeneous. The enhancement can be somewhat peripheral. I would say most of the time I see pheochromocytomas. They're hypervascular they're going to be more homogeneous in enhancement but Pheos can be cystic and again i want to make that point so you may see only as in this case very bright rim enhancement you don't need to see the entire tumor become hypervascular so this can lead to some potential pitfalls Uh, I think you're not going to call it an adenoma, there's too much enhancement, so that's not the issue. But look at this case, I thought this was a primary carcinoma, well, the truth is it's going to come out anyway. Look how cystic this is, and look at the nodularity, and look at the septations, and this ended up being a pheochromocytoma. So again, it's uncommon, but cystic pheochromocytomas occur. I mentioned before hypertension, but that's not always the presentation. Look at this patient's antrum. I was evaluating gastric cancer, and I found the left adrenal mass, and I said, well, it's unusual but could be a met. But I should have said, well, you know, it's enhancing. Could this patient have a a pheo? Well, the patient went to surgery, and sure enough, the blood pressure went through the roof. patient did fine, but again, you're seeing an enhancing lesion, you better think about pheo. Now I mentioned extra adrenal pheos. They can be near the adrenal gland, but not in it, as in this case or they can be at the bifurcation of the aorta at about the L5-S1 level, and that's the most common place for extra adrenal pheochromocytomas at the organ of Zuckerkandl. We can see cases where there are multiple paragangliomas present. Uh, again, um, some of these are picked up incidentally, but w- there are syndromes, familiar paragangliomas, they can occur with MEN2A and 2B. They can be part of Carney's triad. It's important to recognize that patients with pheochromocytomas, uh, or rather paragangliomas that are multiple, uh, you want to make sure you look at multiple areas. Seeing one may not be enough. Uh, Again, like classic pheos, they're hypervascular, most of the time homogeneous, but not always. Range in size from a centimeter to over 20 centimeters. Common locations carotid body, jugular foramen, AP window, posterior metastinum the periodic zone, especially organ of ziracondyle, and in the pelvis. And um, you can see that this article by Lee talks about the predictable areas where these lesions are found, and I basically listed those predictable areas above. And again, let's look at some examples. Hypervascular lesion. Again, you can see why this can be confused with an islet cell tumor of the pancreas, or even potentially a GIST tumor, though on the early phase it's way too vascular for a GIST tumor. It's not going to be confused with nodes, I don't think, but pancreatic primary process is most common, and uh, as I've said before, we sometimes see patients referred to us for a pancreatic mass, and we recognize that it is not a pancreatic mass. Now, the point I made before, and I want to reiterate, can you mistake a pheo for another adrenal lesion like an adenoma? And that would be a tremendous mistake. We speak about washout values, but it's important to remember that sometimes pheos uh, Will have that 60% washout value because they're so vascular they wash out quickly. So, my rule is uh, if you think about pheo, if you see a lesion enhancing, if it enhances more than 120, do not assume it's an adenoma. I don't care how much it washes out, you've got to exclude a pheochromocytoma. Now, in this article by Blake, um, when they talked about some of the misses, well, first of all, they said four of the nine lesions were over 4.5 cm. Remember, the rule for adenomas is 4CM. And all cases had a suspected history of pheo. You know, if someone says to me, rule of pheo hypertension, I see an adrenal lesion. It's a pheo. Okay, so uh, maybe one takeaway message is that sometimes pheos can be missed or overlooked on non-contrast CT. Just one good point. Vascular adrenal lesions besides pheo, I showed you before an example of renal metastasis. I've shown you example of hemangioma. And uh, here's just a good example be a, a pheo this was a hemangioma so that's very rare i think it's my only case of hemangioma i have a few renal cell carcinomas metastatic but this is just a good example and if you call this a pheo that should be your first bet right right size with the right history but just to make the point that uh, not everything is path pneumonic one of the last things i should comment on is neuroblastoma it's the most common solid tumor in infancy the third most common tumor malignant in infancy, 3 quarters of cases occur before age 4, and 65% of the cases arise in the abdomen. Typical presentations, abdominal mass, sometimes neurologic signs, bone pain, about 2 thirds of these arise in the adrenal gland proper. When you look at them, not uncommonly they'll be bilateral, calcification is really common about 70% of cases, and size range is indeed very variable. Necrosis and hemorrhage is not uncommon. Vascular encasement is common, they're aggressive tumors. And metastasis, whether it be local or lung or liver, very common at time of presentation. Now, just another factoid. Neuroblastoma is the most common malignancy in the first month of life and accounts for 30 to 50% of all malignant tumors at this age. So again, very important. Some examples. Here's a neuroblastoma. Again, adrenal mass, right age group, separate from the kidney, separate from the liver, vascular, area of calcification, necrosis. Another case, mass, left renal, left adrenal gland. It's not left renal. Maybe it is on that scan. It could be. But when you start looking at all the images, you recognize that the kidney would have been pushed down and again sometimes from an axial imaging upper pole kidney versus adrenal can indeed be difficult i have no doubt but that's why a coronal display works very nicely this is obviously not the kidney but suprarenal, classic for adrenal classic for neuroblastoma one of the larger neuroblastomas again this wasn't uh, one that has lots of calcification with neuroblastoma, often the tumors are very extensive. Here you see subcural disease, infiltration peripancreatic, you can see tumor necrosis, you can see tumor involving the spine. Patients often present with bone meds. This patient has infiltration by the pancreas and mesenteric vessels, and literally throughout the abdomen. So there is a range of presentations, but most of the time, as in this case, it's indeed very aggressive. Uh, so something to look at. Occasionally, neuroblastomas seem to hang off the kidney. You could be confused at times. At times, they appear to be in the porta hepatis. You think about nodes or other tumors, but the age group and the history, and when you look at all of the images, tend to get around this problem. The last thing I'll just comment is. Some of the roles of 3D imaging. I showed you in the adrenal gland that 3D is very helpful in larger tumors, particularly in the right adrenal bed, being certain that they are adrenal and they're not kidney or liver. Another value for 3D imaging is for laparoscopic surgery. And here's a quote from Hurley. uh, 3D volume rendered images displays the relationship of the adrenal to adjacent structures and organs before laparoscopic adrenalectomy. So with more and more of the uh, studies of the adrenal gland being resected, Uh, With laparoscopic surgery, the CT angio in fact becomes more, not less important. So conclusion, CT is a study of choice for evaluation of the adrenal gland. Most adrenal lesions are benign, and that's why the importance of non-contrast CT, the importance of washout values, the importance of a very conservative approach. But you also have to realize there's malignancies, there's also tumors that are functioning. So again, follow the rules. If you do that, you're going to recognize most adrenal adenomas and you can stop. You'll also be able to recognize things that are not adenomas and move forward into that evaluation, whether it's a pheo or lymphoma or primary carcinoma or metastasis. So again, hopefully these four talks have helped. And with that, I wish you a great day.